Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome back, Padres fans, to another episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Get ready to talk some Padres baseball in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for episode four of Ring the Bell Pods Talk with former closer Heath Bell and myself, Nick Kreider. Heath, how we doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm in my uh, kid's room again, as you can see, you know, with the, the Star Wars posters and stuff like that. He's got good so, taste. Yeah, my uh, my 12-year-old, he loves uh, um, Star Wars and, you know, he doesn't remember me as a baseball guy at all. But anyway. How, how long have you been retired now? After since 15, so seven years, seven years. He's 12, but here's the thing is, you know, you, you don't really remember. Yeah. You remember like when you were six or seven and then everything else. Right. So I'm sure Reese but, remembers a lot though, right? Yeah. Reese remembers like being on the field and shagging during batting practice and talking to the players like they were, you know, like our neighbors. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it, anyway. it was always a dream as a kid to go out there and shag balls and take BP and do a lot. So he, uh, he was a lucky one, but <laughs> I want to get into something really quickly. Um, is it another first baseman? It is a first baseman, but it has <laughs> nothing to do with the Padres. His name is okay. Albert Pujols. And I'm sure you oh, faced yeah. him in your career. He, he's returning to where it all began for his 22nd season, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, happy for him. Happy for the, the fans of St. Louis, but Question for you. He's got 679 home runs in his career. Will he get to 700 this season? This season? Yes, I think he will. I really do. I think in, in St. Louis, he's going to have like a rejuvenate. He, he's going to feel like a kid again. I really do. And I think the fans, even if he starts off a little slow, that I don't think he will. Um, I just think the fans will you know, every day going there. I mean, if I could have ended my career in San Diego, I would have had, you know, probably more energy than I ever would have. Yeah. 
Um, so it's just, you know, I'm happy for Albert, you know, I actually real quick story. I played with Albert in the Arizona fall league way back when he, before he was Albert Polhost, and, um, he got to the big leagues and then I got to the big leagues, uh, with the New York Mets. I want to say four years later after we played in the Arizona fall league, I think it was 2000. We played there together and we were stretching and he was taking batting practice and, you know, we're running back and forth right by the cage. And he looked at me and he goes, Hey, you, you're not going to say hi to an old friend. And I literally looked at him. I'm like, I didn't know if you'd remember me. (laughs) And he was like, I remember you Heath. And I'm like, Hey, so it's, we've actually been really good friends ever since. And, um, that's awesome. He's, uh, he's been nothing but first class. One of the best superstars I've ever had or been in during the game when I played the nicest, one of the nicest superstars I've ever been ever, ever had a chance to meet. So I'm, I'm really happy for him to go to St. Louis at least to play this year, if not more. Yeah. That's nice to hear because I think my generation, I'm I'm here 27 years old now, but my generation growing up, you know, being your son's age, he was, he was the superstar. He was our Mike Trout, right? He was, he was our Tatis. He was our Machado. So to, to see him, you know, get this close to such a big milestone and get to 700 in St. Louis, I think they're going to make it happen no matter what. And hopefully this isn't his last year and hopefully he does have a rejuvenated career and, and gets to play a little bit longer. I mean, he's younger than Nelson Cruz who Nelson Cruz is batting at an all time high right now. I mean, he was very sought after in free agency. I think Nelson Cruz, since he's kind of like a slitted, like as a DH, I think that's helped his career. Um, so he doesn't have to play the field. He just has to go hit. I remember when Nelson wasn't like this sought after guy and playing position and hitting. And all of a sudden when he just kind of became a DH, his career kind of took off and yeah, you know, and now that the universal DH is in the NL, I mean, he gets an extra opportunity to make even more money and that helps Albert as well, because he doesn't have to go out there and play first base. It's funny because they have incentives in his contract. If he wins a gold glove, he gets a hundred thousand dollars. There's no chance that's happening. (laughs) You never know. He might go out there and field three ground balls and have a perfect fielding percentage. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. But happy for Albert. Happy for our Padres getting back on track. We're about a week away, actually a week away exactly from opening day um, in Arizona. Um, There's a lot of guys out there that are vying for spots, but one guy that has really caught my eye, of course, we've mentioned him before, CJ Abrams. Uh, Bob Melvin actually said today, um, that he's going to get some reps in center field. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't it, I mean, a little late, like, shouldn't they have already been doing that? Why does it have to start right now? Okay. So do we not have a center fielder? Cause isn't he a shortstop? Isn't CJ a shortstop? And don't we have a shortstop that is hurt right now? Right. So th- see, this is, see, I, I like Bob Melvin. I really do. But this, and I, I, I feel like I'm a complainer, but I'm just being really honest. I think I'm being a true Padre fan. Like, what are they doing? You, okay, you have Tatis. He's your future center fielder. CJ has an opportunity. He's doing really well right now. And I'm starting to like the guy, but why are we moving him when there's his position, his natural position is open. Right. And then as Tatis comes back, yeah, let's move him around. Let's maybe put him at second. Maybe, um, put them in the outfield, right. you know, at the time, but w- what are we doing? Are we just trying to put the best hitters out there and then we'll just find the defense for them. So is our defense going to lack? And so now if our defense lacks, our pitching's not going to be there. Yeah. 
And that's, it's just going to be, it's going to be a domino effect and it's not good. It's kind of like when I played, we put um, Kyle Banks out in left field. He was a first baseman. And even when um, Chase Headley went to the outfield, I remember Chase's first year in the outfield, he misplayed a ball. And I think he ran in and the ball went over his head. I mean, it happens kind of like a soft line, well, hard line drive, but not too high and not too low. And um, ever since then, he would not, reach out and catch a ball. It's almost like he would let balls drop in to get it because he didn't want the ball to get behind him. And that's fine. And I, I mean, that's not fine, but it's one of those things that I understand why, but he's not a natural outfielder and he did great when you put him at third, because that's where his natural position is. And I just, it, it bothers me Yeah, that we have a position open and we don't put him where he, he's natural position. So three things for me. The, the first being there's a lack of outfield depth. They've got three guys on the roster that are outfielders. We've already talked about this. Bob Melvin even addressed it today, which he kind of took a shot at AJ almost. He said lack of depth, you know, like that's why, you know, we're trying Will out, you know, maybe in center field to back up Grisham. Uh, CJ Abrams might get some reps out there. You never know. The second thing is what if he becomes the, the outfielder of our future, right? Where Tatis plays shortstop and maybe we get CJ Abrams some reps out there because there's a log jam. You keep Cronenworth at second and CJ Abrams doesn't have a spot unless it's the outfield. The third being, what if that's also trade bait for Trent Grisham, right? Now that there's competition there. Okay. So if that was kind of the plan, because he's a natural athlete and he's, you know, he's pretty quick. Why wouldn't you start him out there? Exactly. This is, this is a spring question. training that is a shortened spring training. You had to have that in your mind. Just stick them out there and tell them, say, look, this is what you're going to do. Here's an outfielder's mitt. I, I want you to shag every day in the outfield because we want you to go out there. Yes, short stops open, but this is what we want you to do. Not, hey, we have a week to go. Can you play the outfield too? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I just, I, I, that's the part where it's, it's tough with a short um, spring training, but that's just the part with management. I, what, what are you thinking? And, and, you know, it's hard, Bob Melvin, I'm not going to put a lot on him right now because it's his first spring training. It's a short spring training, but management needs to kind of know a little bit of that about this. And they need to talk even as soon as Tatis got hurt, because here's the thing, what was their plan for CJ this spring training? Cause they originally didn't know Tatis wasn't hurt. So what was their plan just to have them there and maybe trade them, even though you have a future guy there? Because here's the thing, um, Kevin Kuzminoff, we got from the Cleveland Indians in 07, mm-hmm. the Padres. And uh, he was, you know, somewhat of a prospect and this and that. And we also had um, Chase Headley. Well, they moved Chase Headley in the minors to go to the outfield. They didn't go come to spring training to play third, too, when you have, when you have a log jam right there. No, go to the outfield. Kyle Banks. We have Adrian Gonzalez at first base. So what'd they do? Here's an outfielder's mid if you want a chance to get to the big leagues because you're not going to be a first baseman. Mm-hmm. So he had to learn to play the outfield in the minors before he got called up. What are we doing with CJ? I really don't. I don't get it. Like if that's your future and you're thinking, okay, hey, can he play the outfield? Let's do it in spring training. We already know he can play shortstop. Yeah. He's a, he's a great shortstop. I mean, he's a great athlete altogether. I think he's going to strive any at any position, but I'm with you. If we know that Tatis is our future for 14 years, right. And you yep. have a shortstop prospect, 
let's get him some reps immediately. Let's not waste any time. I mean, what we're going to send him to the minors, just playing shortstop. And then when it's time to finally bring it up, okay, here's outfielders mitt. Let's, uh, let's yeah, get I going. mean, here's the thing. Are you going to put him at shortstop because he's a great shortstop and possibly trade him or, Hey, give him an outfielder's mitt. If he's not going to make the team go play center field, show us you can do it and then come up. And I you're would say he's untouchable in my opinion. I feel like he's too high of a prospect. You don't give that guy away. No, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not, if he doesn't make the team this, this spring training in a week, he needs to go down to the minor leagues and play the outfield, not mm-hmm. shortstop, not second base, not third base. Right. Go play the outfield every right. game. If I'm willing to bet though, I think that he's going to be our opening day shortstop. Cause I don't think Kim has, I don't think his bat has come around yet. He's a great defender, but I don't think that he's an everyday shortstop because he's on everyday hitter might just take a, you know, more of a curve to learn, but I, I'm I, willing to bet that CJ is our shortstop. And then when, all right, what, are, what are we betting here? Because I'm going to take that bet. Cause I don't think, he'll be, I don't think he'll be opening day shortstop. Um, how about, <laughs> this is a fun one. How about if he is our opening day shortstop, you shave your goatee. Oh, I, you know, the thing is my daughter with special needs would flip out. I did it Jeez. once years ago and she got so mad at me. What if you just keep the stash? Uh, my wife would hate that. What if you just keep the, the soul patch or <laughs> just the chin? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's natural gray. Okay. Um, you know, I really want to take that bet, but I, I, I you're not can't. confident. Uh. No, you know what? Um, yeah. Okay. Why not? I'll do it. Okay. And then what do I have to do if I lose? Cause I, cause I'll shave this any day. Uh, what kind of job do you, normal job do you have? You in a well, mohawk? Well, I, I work for the believe podcast network, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm also an actor here in LA. So I, I can't shave the head. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, you got to wear some overalls okay. all day long. All right. Let's do you it. Just got to get a pair of overalls. Okay. He's going to wear it. Where do I wear it? Just here in my room or do I go out and go to the grocery store and have myself? Yeah, you got to go to the grocery store and you got to film yourself. Okay. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you got to do that. That's easy. Yeah. That's so be, if, that's, if, that's such an easy bet. You're going to have to shave If I don't, if, you know, mine, mine within like four days, it'll grow right back. So I don't, I'm not worried. Okay. I just, she won't be, get, she won't be mad that long. Oh, she'll get mad every day. <laughs> and I'll film it and I'll show you. But I, I'm pretty sure he will not be the, opening day shortstop all right well we'll, we'll i just don't think i don't think it'll happen we'll see in one week so yes we will. by next time here and on our podcast we should we should have an answer here um let's play the what if game because we had a good what if last week our our segment what if what if jake pv didn't get traded this one i want to bring up another trade what if the padres never traded for will myers and hung on to trey turner uh the padres would be a really good team they would, but would they have, would they have ended up trading for Tatis still? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because I think they got Shield. I mean, here's, yeah, I you know, James Shield is, was Tatis, um, if I recall right. But yeah. I think they still would have, they would have got Tatis. Um, I think Will Myers, you know, see, that's the point. They were, they were trading, they traded, you know, they traded for Matt Kemp and, Kimbrel and like yeah, a bunch of old older guys that teams you know it's like the back end of their contract. So like yeah, you can get rid of him. Yeah, yeah you and, want him. Yeah, you like want. They didn't him. read. They didn't read any of the medical reports either. Matt Kemp had like the worst hips known to man. Yeah, and it, it's just it's it's that was that's 
the beginning of our management, not just doing their job due diligence and just bringing in big names, this and that. And, and I, I, you know, Will Myers was one of those guys that I, you know, here's the thing with Will Myers. I was his teammate over in Tampa for one year, actually my last year or second to last year. That was his rookie of the year year. He was the, the year next. And he was a, his, after his rookie year, his, his full, first full season. Cause he won rookie of the year with only half a season. It was kind of like, I didn't think he should have won it, but whatever. Um, he was a, he was a pull hitter. That's all he did was pull. And I watched, I mean, there was some talent there, but at that time, Tampa, if you looked before Will Myers trade a couple of years before every team, every time Tampa get, got rid of somebody, they didn't produce like the Uptons. And uh, there was somebody else that they just didn't produce after they left Tampa. And there was like two or three guys. So that's why when Will Myers got traded, I was like, I don't understand it. I know there's talent, but Tampa must know something that the Padres don't know. Because I was saying like the Upton boys didn't really produce after that. And um, there's, gosh, I can't think of the other guy that didn't. I mean, Tommy, Tommy Pham came from Tampa and didn't really produce for us. (laughs) You know, it's just something like, I, something happened like a Tampa. We did get Cronenworth, and he's been he's been no great. Cronenworth, but Cronenworth wasn't like in the big leagues. He was kind of like right. he was there, but he wasn't there. Nobody really knew him. He still was trying to establish himself. But anybody that was established that in Tampa that got traded away, this is before Will Myers, they just didn't do well. And right. so I was like, what is what does Tampa not know, or what does they know that the Padres they're not telling the Padres and. Um, it just kind of worked out for Tampa and not the pods, but you know, Padres, they kind of needed a guy and, and Will Myers was kind of the one guy and he was the all-star for the Padres when the Padres had the all-star game there. That was cool. Um, you know, but that's another thing going back to, you know, he, he became an all-star playing first base. I mean, he, I think he's an average outfielder. He's probably a better first baseman than an outfielder, but then after he wins, you know, the all-star or makes the all-star thing and then signs a contract. Then the next year after that, we go sign a first baseman. And then this year we got two more first basemen slash outfielders. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, and last year we had what, four or five guys play first besides our first baseman. So I, I just, I, I think I texted you. There's, I think there's six guys on our roster that can play first base right now. Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, Profar, Cronenworth, now Matt Beattie um, and, and Hosmer of Voight. Voight. So it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I don't understand, like, here's the thing. Who's going to be, Cronenworth should be our second baseman. So he should be playing second all the time. You know, Kim is that utility guy and, and find, let's find a shortstop, but let's not put Cronenworth over there for short. Let's figure out if it's going to be CJ, is it going to be Kim? Who's it going to be pro far? Is he an outfielder or an infielder? Let's kind of define that role. Or is he just kind of a utility guy? Yeah. Cause yeah. I think when you, when you define roles, guys produce and guys are better because they're kind of like, okay, I'm the utility guy or I'm the backup, this guy, or this guy, or I'm competing if I'm the left fielder, but I'm competing against so-and-so. So whoever's doing better is going to play. And, and that's fine. It'll be a healthy competition. Cause a lot of guys like that. And, but it's, it's not like, well, okay, today I was left field tomorrow. I'm playing right. And, you know, and two days later I'm in center. It's yeah. like you, you can never sit there and get a feel for your position. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers do that a lot though, too. Like Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez, like they rotated all over the place, right? Middle infield and they went to the outfield and they're able to produce. But here's the thing. Are you trying to do what the Padres? I mean, the Dodgers are doing, 
I mean, are we trying to do Moneyball what Oakland's been doing, or let's let's come like you know let's let's do what St. Louis does, let's do what Tampa does. They do their own thing. They don't listen to other people. They, they have, this is our plan. This is what we're doing. Houston did that too. And we all found out they were cheating. That's a little plug right there, but it's just one of those things. Everybody has, this is our motto. It's kind of like, you know, the Yankees, this is the Yankee way, right? Why not be, this is the Padre way. This is what we're doing. We're building, you know, if you don't like it, you don't think it works fine. We love it. And build something there and stop stop looking up north and going oh well the dodgers do it and they're they're really good well yeah they're spending billions of dollars we're spending millions of dollars it's different it's a b not an m when you were when you're with the padres was there was there like a characteristic that you that you think they've lost sight of that you would like to see come back the padres yeah you know the only thing the padres i think have lost sight and this is probably going way back, but when we had Steve Finley, when Trevor was young, when we had Tony Gwynn, when there was Gary Sheffield was there, Fred McGriff, it was like Pretty those gone. guys were your cousins, the, your neighbors. That's what you, you felt like they were like, man, they so-and-so lives in the next neighborhood that me. It, it felt like the Padre players were Padre guys, San Diego guys. It wasn't just like, oh, we're just, you know, there are big players. It was kind of like they were part of the community. And we tried to do that a little bit during my era a little bit. It was a transition from Trevor or Tony Gwynn and then Trevor. And then when Trevor left, it was me and Adrian and Jake. And we were trying to do, we did a lot of stuff in the community and try to do a lot of stuff downtown. And, and unfortunately it only lasted for a few years and they got rid of us. But I think that's what I would love to see just kind of like the guys kind of, so all the fans, fans, even up in North County, just feel like, man, you know, that's, it's, it's, they're our neighbors, you know, even though they, they don't live next to us, but right. I think it's it's kind of like St. Louis. Everybody loves every single player on the team. It's just not the four or five guys. They know everybody. You know, I think it's hard just based off of like the contracts and like these guys being superstars. I mean, like you look at Tatis, like he spends his off seasons in Dominican Republic and he's making upwards of $3 million. That's, that's fine. But what I'm saying, it's, it's like, um, if you put everybody's Jersey or at least a t-shirt, the name on the back in the store, so you could buy the 26 guy, or you could buy the number one guy, Tatis, whoever you didn't have to specialize. Like if somebody gets called up like CJ, CJ uh, Abram, right? Mm-hmm. I always mess his, his name. His jer- his you know t-shirt jersey or whatever will be hung up in the store if he's on opening day roster. Right. You know, just have him there so you know. Oh, dude, he's. I want him because that's my favorite number, or my last name's Abram too, or I love the name CJ, or whatever it is. Is that that's what the fans love is they can be, it's almost like they're a part of the team too. You know, they're that fifth man or the 10th man or sixth man or whatever they yeah. call it in basketball. But um, that's, I just bring the fans a little bit into it a little bit. Yeah. And just be honest with the fans. Like, Hey man, we're, we're a little set back, but we're going to do this. I just, and it just goes back to like, I've got a lot of Padre fans that I still talk to. And they're just like, what, what direction are we going in? I'm like, I don't know. They're trying to find, I guess, the best hitters and find a position for everybody. I don't know. I just don't get it. So, you know, and if, if they, I think they think if, well, if I don't get it, then they definitely don't get it. So, yeah, I think the new ownership has, has definitely 
tried a little bit harder to listen to the fans. I mean, I think bringing back the Brown uniforms was like the first initiative. That was what a lot of people wanted to do. Um, But there are like little, there are little things here and there that, you know, I think could be tweaked. I mean, I think it'd be cool to see like Kim's Jersey name in Korean, right. And you Darvish in Japanese, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, do that in the store, throw it up there. You know, that's, that's what I think people would, they would eat that up and they would love it. And here's the thing, the new ownership, I love the new ownership. I really do. I think they're trying really hard. I just think the management that they hired has just been up and down and there's no right direction. Yes, you want to win, but what's, what's the direction? That's yeah. all. I mean, you know, but looking- I, the management definitely, I mean, the ownership, the ownership, yeah. I'm totally behind the, the owners. I am too. I, I love, I love Peter Seidler. He's, he's great, but yeah, I, you're right about upper management um it looks like our team is is like you know put together by by a bunch of rangers prospects at this point now i mean with pro far alfaro nomar mazara like we've got all and, these guys and that's what he knows and that's the problem i and, have that's where he came they from. were never successful in that organization but he loves them he does he loves his guys but one of the guys that he loves though is is performing Jorge Alfaro has been the highlight of, of spring training at this point. I think he's he's earned himself a roster spot, at least backup catcher. Um, he's bombing right now. So we'll see what happens, but we have so many catchers on this roster. And I have a question for you because I thought about this last week and you're a pitcher and I need to know. You Darvish brought along Victor Carantini as his personal catcher. Yep. Carantini, I feel like, takes up a roster spot that could be going to someone that's a little more productive offensively. Is it that big of a deal if we take away you Darvish's catcher, his personal catcher? Um, it just depends on the, if you want the best out of them. Yes. Greg Maddox had Perez in Atlanta and Perez was taking up a roster spot, roster spot, but that was Maddox's. Now I'm not saying you Darvish is Greg Maddox, but you Darvish is really good when he has his catcher. When you have a relationship with a catcher, and I've had great relationships with uh, Nick Hunley and um, Josh Bard, and then I've had some other relationships where not so much with the Padres, but with other um, catchers that we we didn't see eye to eye, and like where I wanted to throw more curveballs, and and then I kind of got arguing. I'm like, I'm going to call every pitch a curveball if you don't. So literally the next inning, he called every pitch a curveball on purpose. And I had to shake him off to fastballs just because we didn't see eye to eye and I ended up doing well. And he kind of was like, and I shook him off and I called my own game, but it was almost like an argument that we had that no fans even knew about Yeah, a pitcher weird. and a catcher. And the catcher th- sometimes thinks they know best, but here's the thing. We're throwing the baseball as a pitcher. And if, if we're not feeling a hundred percent at it, or we don't trust that guy, we feel like, no, no, I think I can get him out this way. And the catcher's like, no, no, do it this way. You'll get him out. Well, who gets the win at the end and who gets the loss? It's the pitcher and the manager. It's not the catcher. Catcher can make a lot of mistakes and nobody will ever know. And they'll just think the pitcher just didn't have it that night. So, um, Sometimes that's, you know, that's for your manager to have to decide, do you want to keep that extra guy for your pitcher because he's the best? And you, you be, as I as a manager, what I would do is I would keep the extra catcher for you, Darvish. 
And if you Darvish after the first month, maybe two is not performing. Cut the catcher. And I, I'd, I'd cut the catcher. Well, see, that's my point. What I was about to bring up is that you Darvish started off really great last year, had a great first half, but had a terrible second half. And a lot of it is also attributed to injury as well. Like he wasn't hundred percent healthy, but when he was healthy in that second half, there were some shaky starts. I mean, there were games where he was given up like six runs. Right. And so yep. at that point, it's like, doesn't like, does it really matter who's catching him? Well, at, at that point, no, it doesn't. But you know, here's the thing like um, uh, Jose Cruz jr. I think it was, mm-hmm. we signed him. Gosh, I think it was seven or eight. I'm not sure. And he, he dominated. And then the second half, the first, after the first month, he was horrible. Like after the all-star break or something and he got released and I went and talked to him and I said, Hey man, sorry, you got released. It just heard. And he goes, it's all right. I kind of knew it. I'm, you know, I'm more of a first half player. I do really well in the first half and the second half I'm doing horrible. And, you know, you guys are doing really well. So I, I knew, I kind of knew it, you know, coming in then I'll probably be the guy first half in the second half. If I don't produce like I normally do, then I'm going to be out of here. I feel like that's so, a mental block for him though. It's like, how, well, how can you I, be it professional is. and like, be it like, is, ah, but, like, I'm only good in the first half. Well, but here's the thing is, um, you know, it, it's a marathon season. So maybe you just kind of get tired. I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah. then why do some guys towards the end do really well and not do well in the beginning? Are they not focused enough? Are they not like really into it? So you, they can't shake the monkey off. It's like me going to my softball game and I say, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to go over four, hmm, whatever. Yeah. But the thing is like, I, I remember Adrian Gonzalez going, man, Kershaw's today. I'm going to go for four. And then he would go three for four with a bomb. And I'm like, dude, do you do that? And he's like, no, that guy's a really good pitcher. I just wasn't feeling confident. So I just tried to make contact. I'm like, we well, should do that more often. So, but, um, that's impressive yeah. though. Lefty on lefty. Yeah, I know. That's why I was, his locker was next to mine. I'm like, geez, every time he says he's going to do bad, he actually does well. And then every time he's like, oh, I'm going to tear it up today. He didn't do well. Well, not, he did well, but not all the time. So I just remember sometimes like that, but. Oh, it gets back to me real quick. Spring training story before we go. Yep, let's do oh, it. Oh, and um, I got to plug my uh, kid since I'm in his room. He kind of told me to. So it's Rhett, R-H-E-T-T, radio. He's got a YouTube channel and I don't even know what he does, but he told me he had like 40, 46 views or something like that, like last week. So let's, and he let's takes, get him, let's get him to 60. He takes videos of his, like our cat and does some video games. It's weird. He's only 12. So be, be nice. But anyway, so uh, spring training story, I came across a picture um, uh, that my wife had and she showed him. It was pretty funny, but so we all remember dumb and dumber. Of course. So I was at Pet Boys and I saw a little uh, like motorbike, you know, dirt bike, moped. Yep. It was more of a little dirt bike, fat, fat wheel. And um, I had this army hat. And I, for, gosh, this I think was 08 or 09, 09, I think it was. Or I don't even remember. It was in, it was in Peoria Spring Training, Peoria, Arizona. And for like two weeks straight before, uh, um, games really got started. I used to ride that from my apartment to the spring training complex, throw my hands out. Just go. They're like, what are you doing? You're crazy. I'm like, this hog gets like 72 miles to the gallon, man. Um, you know, and gas was actually cheap back then, but <laughs> so 
it was, you know, it was a good story. I love that. Kind of quick. Yeah. And if, if you saw it, I, the picture, I got to get the picture from my wife and send to you. Did but, you ever um, see, uh, did you ever it, see? I, I had a suit for like two days. I wore the suit as I would come. Oh my gosh. So I had a suit, military helmet, and I just rode this to the field in the morning and after. You, I mean, you played the goofball so well on the Padres. Who, who do you say the goofball is this, this year or for this team? I think it's Blake Snell. It's probably Blake Snell, um, I'm thinking. But, uh, you know, I think Machado does some stuff too, but Machado yeah. is such a big name that I don't think people uh, kind of take it that way. But I think he's just a fun-loving guy. But, you know, traditionally it's kind of looked back, he kind of arrogant and somewhat. But I think he's a fun guy. And Tatis is definitely fun, but he's not going to be there right now. But, you know, yeah. I think Snell – He's yeah, he, he seems like a cool guy. Really Padre's good. social media is doing a really good job of getting our players a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm totally jealous that I'm not playing right now, especially with this with team the social media and yeah. the social media, because I wasn't huge. I'm not real big with social media, but everybody's doing social media for everybody now. And I'm like, man, they would have loved me because I was just an idiot. <laughs> you call it goofball or whatever. I just, I like having fun every day. I mean, there was one. <laughs> I'm quick. Okay. Another quick story from swing train every picture day i would show up as like a first baseman or a catcher and show up with gear and the photographers that were new totally would get me squatting or with the bat <laughs> and it, the other ones were like hey go get your glove get your glove i'm like okay i will how many major league of bats did you have i had five i was over five got a sack bunt though nice. and then jerry harriston got a two rbis after that and I, I always say that one of those RBIs is mine because it was two guys on. It was against Jonathan Broxton throwing 98 miles an hour. That guy put it right down at Petco Park to right field or right to the first baseman and got thrown out. Hey, so. made contact, baby. Put the ball in play. That's hey, I made contact. Yeah, we'll talk. That's another story, but I'll, we'll talk about all my at-bats one time. Oh. I got some really good stories. In, in season. Uh, it, we got one more week left until opening day. The next episode, we'll uh, – kind of give some some previews and predictions of, of what we've envisioned for the season. But for the fans out there, keep the faith. A week left of spring training. See you next week. Yeah, go pods. Go pods, baby. This episode of Ring the Bell Pod Sock is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BELIEVE to get your free welcome bonus. Go lock in some bets. March Madness is upon us. Win some money. Do it for your team. Do it for your family and do it for the Padres. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for. Trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.